Hello again, everyone, and welcome to our fifth episode of the Mercer County Podcasting Club. My name is Rusty Ruggles, and we have another great episode lined up for you for the month of February. Today, we have in our student talk, Mia Hillier, Brennan Fluette, and Emma Milgren, and Callie Searing, and they will be talking about some of their favorite Christmas gifts that they got. And they'll also be talking about Valentine's Day and what that means to a high school kid and their favorite candy and fun stuff like that. Our second segment will feature our own Mike Chaussey, who will be retiring this year after 33 years of service here at Mercer County High School. Kirsten Benson will be asking Mr. Chaussey uh, what he is going to miss when teaching all these wonderful kids here at Mercer County and FFA and all that good stuff and the things he's not going to miss as well. So that'll be a good interview. And our last segment will be Griffin Kernan once again, and he will be talking to Senior Hogan Searing. And uh, Hogan went to boot camp for Army over the summer, and uh, Griffin will be talking to Hogan about all the trials and tribulations about doing all that, and that will be interesting as well. We certainly are so glad that you've joined us, and we're glad that you're listening. And please tell folks about our podcast, if you will. So without any further ado, here is our February podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mia Hillier with the Mercer, pa- with the Mercer <laughs> County Podcast Club. I'm here with Brennan Fluett, Emma Melgren, and Callie Searing. Um, and I'm going to just open up with, have you ever had a morning where you've just known it, your day was not going to go that great? Yeah, that's me today. I walked into the high school this morning, full cup of coffee, so excited to drink it. Didn't get one sip, and it flew out of my hand. You know, it just, like, grew wings and just decided to fly onto the floor. Um, The entire floor is all sticky and wet now. There's some ice cubes over there for decoration. Um, Yeah, it's pretty good. Very excited about the coffee. Didn't even get a sip, though. And I I bought it for her. Yes, and Callie bought it for me because she's such a lovely friend. And (laughs) guess what I decided to do? I decided to throw it. I, I could have helped, but instead I pointed and said, bruh. <laughs> I kind of yeah. just sat there and laughed while you know, oh, I was yeah. cleaned it up. <laughs> Callie was over here like, ha, 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 ha. That's not how I laughed. But oh, okay. yeah. No. It's a, it's a, well, it's, it's close. It's very insulting. Oh. <laughs> well, you know. Okay, laugh then. <laughs> I just did. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was more like it. Mine was a, uh, uh. <laughs> I'm offended. It's okay. It's okay. Okay, so our first topic for today is going to be um, what did we get for Christmas? I know that it. this is our February podcast, um, and we pre-record these things, so this is a little late, but, you know, we always want to know what we get for Christmas and everything. I'm excited to hear what everyone got. Um, Brennan, what did you get for Christmas? All right, so uh, I got a lot of stuff. I got a shaver for my head. For those who cannot see me, I'm bald, so that's actually really useful. Um, I got a Fender Champ, which is a guitar amplifier kit, and it came. There's just a bunch of these boxes, and I opened it up, and I'm like, oh, boy. So it's going to be fun, but also a lot of work. Uh, And then uh, my birthday's right after Christmas, so then I got more stuff, which includes another guitar amp, this time in orange. Oh, That's what I've been playing through. Very nice. Sounds festive. Love the bald head look, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> it must be really cold. It's aerodynamic. <laughs> I walked in this morning and I saw you and I was like, you know what? Brendan's head must be so cold these days. Yeah. 
Yeah. Especially since it's like nine degrees out right now. Yeah. You didn't even get a hat for Christmas? That's a little rude. I actually did get a hat. Okay. <laughs> but it, it was like a weird hat, and I won it in bingo, and it was kind of lopsided. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at least it's a hat, you know? It covers mm-hmm. your head. It's fine. Partially covers my head. Emma, did you get a hat for Christmas or no? I did get I got a knitted hat. I'm jealous. I didn't get it. I do wear it a lot. Not (laughs) to school and not out in public, but like anywhere else. Yeah. (laughs) Around my house sometimes. And I got these like I think they're called globbles. They're like sticky balls and you pull apart and you throw them at your ceiling and you wait for (gasps) them to come down. Why? Oh yeah. I don't know, because I have the attention span of a four-year-old, so I just sit yeah, there for an hour as a fun. All high schoolers do. It's <laughs> what we do in our free time. What do you do? Shave your head? <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's okay. Everyone has everyone has their fun things. Gobble balls. Bald. <laughs> <laughs> my, my hobby is bald. <laughs> bald. Spill coffee. <laughs> Gobble balls. Gobble balls. <laughs> <laughs> Emma, what else did you get? Um, I got a new Xbox controller. I got like a little speaker that you stick in your water or in your speaker water. that you <laughs> stick in your shower. Oh, I wanted waterproof. one of those. I love it. Well, you do stick it in your water and then just <laughs> <laughs> a nice refreshing glass of water in the morning, you're just like music. Yep. That's <laughs> Callie, what'd you get for Christmas? My mom bought me like four sweaters for some reason. Because she wants you to be cute. Or just warm. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she did did see that like I went thrifting and I bought myself a sweater. And she's like, you wear sweaters now? I'm just like, I've always worn sweaters. And she kind of just bought me four sweaters for some reason. Oh, I love it. I was just like, okay, whatever. That's so sweet. But she also bought me like... A mirror with like LED lights on it. What I haven't seen that yet. It's like the circle mirror. Oh, like the makeup mirrors. Yeah. Oh, I love those things. I also got ski goggles. Ooh. I haven't gone skiing yet. I. (gasps) This is gonna (coughs) bring us into another another topic. We haven't planned this, but I just want to talk about it. Everyone that is listening, I work at Snowstar. It's a wonderful place if you want to go skiing, snowboarding, or tubing. Tubing, I'm a professional at. Doesn't take skill, but I love it. Anyways, I learned how to ski for the first time, like, this past weekend. How many times did you fall? You know, I fell the first probably seven times, and then the rest of the time I was out there for, like, three hours. The rest of the time I just went down fine. I, like... Honestly, think I'm a professional skier now. I'm gonna join That's all the not teams. How it works. Shh. I'm gonna <laughs> join all the teams. I'm gonna win all the awards. I'm gonna go into the ele- you know, yeah. That's just how my life's gonna go now. Uh, for me, I cannot do any ice sports. I was uh, I went ice skating with my brother and his friends once. Oh, I could no. not do it, and the people <laughs> kept coming out onto the rink to try to help me. <laughs> and eventually, they just gave up on me, and I just left, and I was just a broken man. Oh. Like, I'm never doing that again. When was that? Like, last week? No, nah, that was, uh, that would be, like, last year, I think. Oh, well, it's okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I almost broke my leg skiing. Well, you're just not a professional like me, I guess. No, it was a little kid who cut me off. 
and he never said <laughs> sorry. I was <laughs> like, okay, time to go to the emergency room, I guess. Shoot, you should have just ran him over. Teach him a lesson. Then he, he would get hurt, and it would be my fault. Yeah, well, it's fine, as long as Cal- it's not Kelly you. Kelly is responsible. I am so responsible. You have no idea. because you're an adult, and you'd probably get sued. Yes. When she buys coffee, it ends up not on the floor. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She's an adult whose coffee isn't on the floor. <laughs> I'm an adult whose coffee is on the floor. <laughs> Two different types of people in this world, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, skiing, love it. So fun. Probably going to do it again. 10 out of 10, recommend. Anyways, <laughs> we're going to move on to our next topic that was actually planned other than skiing. And that is Valentine's Day because it this podcast is for February. And the only holiday that is um, important to me, which I don't know if there's any other ones because I don't really know things, <laughs> um, is Valentine's Day. And I don't really celebrate it other than my mom buying me chocolate. But what are your guys' plans for Valentine's Day? Brennan, are you going to shave your head for this Valentine's Day? Uh, I shave my head every day, so, so yes. So yes, ah, nice. Do you have any other plans? Any special woman? No, no, <laughs> no but um, <laughs> but I do want to say, like, Valentine's at our age are, like, garbage. Like, hot garbage. Hey. Like, they used to be really good. Like, when you were in third grade, you got one with, like, Lego ninjas on it. <laughs> and it said, like, ninja ninja by day, student by night. And that, that stuff had powdered sugar in it. Oh. Like, where's that? Now we get, like, boxes of chocolate and, like, Hallmark hey. cards, like... Garbage. I am not complaining, but actually I do still wish that as high schoolers, we all got Valentines for the entire class and yeah. shared them. Yeah, because so I miss that so much. We should plant. <gasps> we yeah, should just have a podcast party. On? What? Oh, just with the podcast. I thought you yeah. meant our whole grade. I was like, yeah, that'll go over. No, nah, like we so should just hard. get each other Valentines. Oh, it'll be so great. You know, I'm going to get coffee. I mean, What? What? You know what I'm going to get, Callie? <laughs> I'm going to get her coffee. coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, coffee's going to get Callie. <laughs> I'm going to get Brennan. You know what I'm going to get, Brennan? Brennan, close your ears. A razor for his head. Dude, I already have like five. That's what, bruh. <laughs> hey, I like it. I like the look. It's the London look. But what? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, no, it's cold there. I don't think they shave their heads. Well, I mean, you never know. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> Emma, what are you doing for Valentine's Day? I have no idea. Probably going to school if it's a school day. Is it a school day? A Let me know if it's a school day. Because if it's a school day, I will be bringing Miss Coffee a Cali. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'll be doing. It's a Sunday. Oh, well. So I'll then I'll be doing all the homework anyway. that I procrastinated. The week. I will be working that day most likely because I'm always at work. But yeah. You're not gonna do anything with your mans? I don't know. I <laughs> have no idea. I mean like in the past years, like I don't think I've ever like celebrated, celebrated Valentine's Day because I don't really see a point in it. Yeah. Not in a bad way, but I mean if you have a stable relationship you shouldn't have to have one yeah. day that shows them that you love them. Oh, that was so cute. <laughs> I just am single, so I don't really care anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You do have the day after off for President's Day, the other holiday. So there's Valentine's Day on Sunday, and then you have Monday off. And you know what else is that Monday? 
all the Valentine's Day candies on sale. <laughs> That's a holiday for me. You know what I'm going to be doing? I'm going to be in the stores getting them chocolates for myself. Go to your local Hy-Vee. Oh, where Miss Callie Searing works. She, yes. she can uh, check you out. No, just kidding. She doesn't do that. She can bag we your can bag all of your candies. We can't do these name drops if we don't get if we don't get paid. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no I'll, free I'll advertising. Convince, I'll convince my manager. I'll try ah. to. Okay, well, I mean, the candy though, what you know, like you're gonna be bagging my candy. You yes. know what my favorite candy is, Callie? Snickers. Nope. Well, sometimes. Ghirardelli sea salted caramel. What? O M G. <laughs> it is a blessing. I love it so much. I am going to buy all of the bags um, because, you know, it just makes me happy. It's sea salted, it's caramel, it's Ghirardelli. It's very wonderful. And if Hy-Vee doesn't have it, you know what I'm going to do? I'm sure they do. Yeah, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take my business elsewhere. What I'm gonna do, Callie? I thought you were gonna say something like, "I'm gonna commit arson." <laughs> 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 okay, well, Brendan, cut that out later. <laughs> you don't have to. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you can, but put in your favorite candy now. I'm not gonna get in trouble for deleting evidence. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. Well, you know, just tell us your favorite candy. That's all I want uh, to hear from you. Well, before they changed the formula, Butterfingers. Ooh, Butterfingers. Have you had the, um, like, Reese's Cups Butterfingers? Yeah, I've had all of them. <gasps> I love Reese's Cups. Uh, yeah, I'm also, I consider myself a Tobler own man. Maybe because just funny shapes. A what? <laughs> I like triangles. <laughs> a what? Like Toblerone, like those triangle chocolates. Never heard of her. Bruh. They're in the shape <laughs> of a triangle, if that helps. Yeah, they're in the shape of a triangle. Hmm, never heard of it, but okay. Is the it wrapping's like gold, isn't it? Yeah, and they have like, sometimes they have like almonds in there. Good. Almonds aren't too bad. Yeah, I like, well, you know, I'm not old, so I mean, I don't like them like them. But I mean, if they're there in chocolate, I'll be like, I'll eat it, you know. Don't you drink almond milk, though? Yeah, what about it? I'm lactose intolerant, Callie. <laughs> it still tastes like... Never mind. It's not real. Almond milk sucks. Almonds don't have the... Uh, don't say it. Yeah, I know. Don't say it. I won't say it. Everyone else will pick up on it, though. Okay. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> Anyways, Emma, you're last. What is your favorite candy? I'll My get it for you for our Valentine's Day party for the podcast. My favorite candy is those little eggs. I will. With the toy on one side and then the fudge and the little balls on the other side. The ones the kids, like, try to eat whole and then choke on them, and that's <laughs> why they were illegal. <laughs> Kinder Joys? Yeah. Yeah. Yes! <laughs> yeah. Bruh. They're, like, $1.57 for one, but they are so good the five seconds it takes me to eat them. The five seconds? I'll I take that little scooper thing, I scoop it on with, it's gone. <laughs> oh, it's so good. <gasps> well, I will keep that in mind. I'll keep Brennan's in mind. And uh and a razor for his head, and I'll keep yours in mind. And then coffee, you know, you still gotta tell me I forgot about you. Sorry, but you know, three musketeers, three musketeers, good choice. Yeah, that's good stuff. I haven't had that since uh last Halloween. I haven't gone trick or treating in like a couple years. Need to catch up on it. 
Anyways, I don't I think, think now is the time for that. Actually, it is because I'm 18, so it's still legal. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to wrap this podcast up because we've been just going everywhere with this. Um, thank you all for listening. This has been the Mercer County Podcast Club. Um, make sure and tune in next time. Good morning, everyone. This is Kirsten Benson with the Marshall County Podcast Club, and today we have Mr. Tossie, um, our ag teacher and ag advisor with us. So say hello, Mr. Tossie. Hi, Kirsten. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. All righty. So today we're going to be talking about your career as an ag teacher. So tell us how that started for you. Like, how did you get into teaching, and how did you get into ag teaching? Well, I grew up on a farm south of Springfield, uh, all my life, I helped my father and grandfather on the farm, and I didn't think that actual production agriculture on the farm would be for me because there were certain things that needed to be done that I didn't think I was capable of doing, like climbing grain bins and things like that. So, and and my brother, younger brother, wanted to do things like that. So, I tried to pursue a career in originally in. Uh, ag economics and farm management, and run a grain elevator. But unfortunately, math came into my life, and I had to take so much math that I didn't think that was possible. So I kind of had to do some soul searching, and then a lot of people in my former high school told me that, why don't you look at teaching? And uh, that's what I did, and then I eventually was, that's when I was at Lincoln Land Community College in Springfield, And then I transferred to Illinois State and got my degree in ag education. Yeah, so math was your big stopping point, huh? I feel like that's true for me, too. Like, I do not enjoy math very much. Like, it's just so hard. Okay, so then after after you decided to become a teacher, you know, and you were looking for a job, how did you choose, um, you know, Mercer County or Alito at the time? How did you stop here? I mean, because you weren't from around here. Well, there was a there was a few ag positions in the state, and I applied for almost every one of them. And at that time, there were actually more ag teachers looking for jobs than there were positions, unlike today, which is the opposite. And I just went around to all these districts. I was offered the job in about four other districts, and... Unfortunately, a lot of those were really small schools with like 90 kids, 120 kids. And I knew that that time there was a push by the state to maybe consolidate. So I was looking for a school that I thought would be around for a while. And uh, I came up here and interviewed with Larry Stinson, who was the principal at the time. The ag building was only at that time about 10, 11 years old. And so it was a very good facility, which it still is. And I just like the community and thought there was a lot of potential here. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, you have been teaching here for over 30 years now, right? Yes, 33. Yeah, so, like, what's your proudest moment teaching here? Or, like, what's something that you will, like, never forget about, you know, working here? Well, th- it's all the kids' accomplishments. That's the, that's the reason a lot of us teach I know Mr. Ruggles, you know, with the band program, that's why he teaches and sees these kids go on and compete and and then be successful in life. That's that's every teacher's main goal is to watch their students become successful in life. And 
that's the biggest accomplishment, just not for me, but for any teacher. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, like you, like, you know, you said, or like I said, I guess you have been teaching for um, over 30 years and this year you are retiring. So what do you think you're going to do with your time now? You're going to have so much free time on your hands, I feel. I mean, you're like you just said before this interview, you're here at 530 today. So, like, what are, what are you going to be doing in the mornings and stuff? Well, I'm, you know, I'm currently on the city council, and I have been for the last, you know, 10 years now. And I have two more years of my term for that, and I, I haven't decided, you know, do I want to run again or something like that. You know, someday I might want to look to be mayor of Alito, but that's down the road for a while. Um, I could do some other things, you know, through the, through the church or some other things like that. Mm -hmm. I plan on maybe substitute teaching uh, because there's such a need for that. And that way it would keep me in the classroom a little bit longer. Uh, but, you know, the, it's possible. I'd like to go down during the fall and help my brother with harvest. I haven't done that, you know, since I've been teaching, and I miss that mm -hmm. part of yeah. life. So he's already, you know, expecting me to come down and help him. So that's, <laughs> that's a possibility, too. Perfect. All righty. And then... Um, so is there anything you would like to say to, like, anybody that's looking to go into the ag field right now? I know we just hired two new teachers here at, at Mercer County, which is amazing and wonderful for our ag program. But, you know, like you said, there is a lot less people, like, going into ag these days and ag education. So what would you say to somebody trying to look into that field? Well, you know, I would give the community and the school board a lot of credit for the foresight of seeing that, you know, there is a demand for careers in agriculture. And there is a lot out there for a student that wants to look for a job that maybe doesn't require a college education that could be a very rewarding career, a very financially stable career. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in that regard, I, I applaud the district for, you know, looking at other things to teach and do that we couldn't do with just two of us. So that's exciting, and I, I look forward to those two individuals doing a great job, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm confident that the program is going to move forward and even maybe be better than it you know is now so that's one thing and the other thing I think is that um, students need to just realize that you know money's not everything there is a lot of uh, reward in just doing a good job and you know helping the community and serving and things like that so I think service is another thing you know I think of Mr. Ruggles and all the service that he's given to the community, and many other teachers too. So that's something else that I think students need to realize. It's not just work. It's family and service to the community and things like that, and all those things are important. Mm -hmm. So um, you also are the FFA advisor. You know, you are – I'm a senior, so we – Well, you need to say that you're the president of the FFA well, too. Yeah. You need to <laughs> mention that. <laughs> Oh, yes. I am the, you know, the president of your chapter this year, my final year, your final year. And I think that FFA is a huge, it's so different, I think, when you start getting into ag and start getting into FFA. You see a whole different side of the ag, you know, community. So what would you say is like some, what would you say to students like that are in eighth grade looking to join FFA? What would you say to them? Well, I know that the Ag teachers, the, the new ag teachers coming in are doing a video right now to, mm -hmm. you know, promote the program. And I know I think every 
uh, department is doing that since we can't go down and talk to the eighth graders and recruit the eighth graders like we normally do. So just that there's a lot of opportunities in the FFA. And Kirsten, you're the perfect example of that. You know, you're a kid that lives one block from the high school, (laughs) and yet you've been exposed to conferences and conventions and camps and things like that. And now you're going into a career that, you know, might not, most people might not consider to be an ag career, but, you know, it's got a lot of agriculture influenced into it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's the big thing. Don't think it's just, you know, going out and working in a field or raising hogs or things like that. There's a lot of opportunities Mm -hmm. in the ag ed field and agriculture that most people don't even think about. Right. Yeah. So what are your some what are some of your favorite memories of like your time as being an advisor? Well, you know, one thing is, you know, I I think of the football games and, and cooking pork chops <laughs> and and you know, I I wanted to almost take credit that the football program really took off once I got here because uh, <laughs> 1988 was my first year and that's the year we went to the state title game and and was state runner up and that was a really exciting time for the community and Fortunately for us, as me as a first-year FFA advisor, we made a lot of money that year <laughs> at the games. And just, you know, the games and, and serving the community and all these different things. But it's the kids. You know, it's always the students and the things that they've accomplished and walking across stages and getting awards and things like that. And then having them come back and say, hey, this is my wife. This is my child. You know, I've got, you know, children of children now. So that's uh, interesting to see. So things like that. Hold on, I need to interject here. <laughs> you really feel old when you teach a kid of a kid that you taught. Oh, yeah. Because we've got some of those. Um, Mr. Chaucey is the last teacher in the building that I had when I was, well, I didn't have him, but when I was in high school, Mr. Mm-hmm. Chaucey was here. It was his first year. And I guess I'd probably be this like is, the same for my mom. Right, and mm-hmm. this is it. Like, this is like for me, uh, leaving of the guard, so to speak of the, the teachers that were here. Now, I know Mr. Chaucey likes to tell stories. He's a lot of really funny stories. Yes. Some of these stories I don't think are appropriate for the podcast. <laughs> but are there any funny stories of things that happened at the shop or out there or that would be appropriate to tell here? Uh, <laughs> there's been so many different things that's happened. You know, I, one thing that I guess we're proud of in the shop is we've had very few major accidents or things like that. <laughs> when you you know you have kids working with power tools and things like that, you expect things happen. But we've only had like me that I would consider one a major accident and yet that student is, you know, just fine now today. So uh there's there's way too many stories to tell uh, in this short period of time. Uh, you know, through custodians over the years and students and and even teachers. I mean, there's a lot of different stories that that I will have memories of and will help keep those memories for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my favorite story of you is when you drove the wrong way at state convention. You drove up the one way, and we were all like, oh, my gosh, because you weren't in the car with us. Mr. Hart was driving the bus, and you were driving your truck with your wife. And you came up the one way, and we were like, oh, no. We thought, oh, God, we thought it was going to be so bad. But then it it was okay because nobody was there. But state (laughs) convention, I think, is probably – or state – just the conventions, you know, I think those are my – some of my favorite memories of FFA, just when you were just 
And for some students, you know, when we went out to Kansas City, you know, years ago, and then Louisville, Kentucky, and now Indianapolis, you know, for some of those kids, that's the first year or first time they've ever been that far away from home. And to just see them, you know, try new things and do new things. I remember there was one student that ate ate crab legs for the first time and watching Mm -hmm. that happen and just watching the meat just fly all over the place because he (laughs) didn't know what he was doing. And just, you know, just things like that over the years. It's just fun times and and, you know, all those things, you know, my wife was involved with a lot of the conventions, especially state convention, because she would always go down with us. And then my son got to go down one year. Oh, he went down many years, but I mean, one year as an actual ag kid. So, you know, just those memories, those are going to be, you know, that's going to leave a hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, just like, you know, with all the other teachers, when they leave, it leaves a little bit of a hole. But trust me, we could fill it with other things to do in our lives. And and family and and things like that and 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 church activities and things that'll fill up a lot of the time. What about something that you're not gonna miss <laughs> at all? Like, because <laughs> I've got a couple. Howdy like students. for me, I've still got a number of years left. But what about something you're not gonna miss? Like something red tape wise, Mister Chassie. Well, you know, that that's a big thing because the one thing that's changed is. There is so much state paperwork now, and it's not just, you know, from the State Board of Education, which there's a lot, but there's a lot of FFA paperwork now that there never was before, and I won't miss that at all, no. (laughs) And, you know, I won't necessarily miss some, you know, years ago it used to be in some contests, we'd get home at 1 and 2 in the morning, and and I wouldn't miss that anymore either, you know, with getting older, especially now that I get up at about 5, in the morning as a, you know, a lot of older folks do. So, um, those kind of things I won't miss at all. So Mr. Chaucey, so like we said, you're leaving, you're on to bigger and better things. So what do you think about the new teachers that we've hired? Mrs. Libby and Mr. Livingston. Mr. Livingston. Well, uh, Miss Libby, uh, I've known her since she was a freshman in high school. So, you know, cause she went to Rova high school and I've known her for quite a long time. And then she was my student teacher this past semester. Mm-hmm. So I got to see her develop and grow as a teacher. And then it was unique because Mr. Livingston was not going to apply for this job because he knew Miss Libby was, and they were friends and he was student teaching at Eastland up North. And he's like, I'm not going to apply for that job because I don't want to compete against you. And I kind of told Hannah, I said, well, you wouldn't have to worry anyway because, I mean, you'd probably get my recommendation, Mr. Hart's recommendation. And then we started talking about all the different things that, you know, were possible. And I know the district sent Mr. Hart to some classes to do the bring back co-op education, which I think is great that that's coming back. And you couldn't do that with just two people. And we didn't want to have the program suffer in some parts for just maybe 10, 15 kids in another. So... We started to explore, you know, what's the possibility here of bringing in another person and, and expanding the program. And so Mr. Livingston then, we, we talked him into applying. And, and for it's kind of interesting because Miss Libby Hannah has her strong points. And Brandon, Mr. Livingston, has his strong points. And they mesh perfectly. Mm-hmm. So what's what maybe Miss Libby is a little bit weak on, that's Brandon's strength. And what vice versa. So... Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And it was the same with Mr. Hart and I. He was my student teacher, you know, 20 years ago. And 
the, the things that he's strong in are the things that I'm weaker in. And, and, and we complement each other very well. And that's a, that's very important. And, you know, I, I, I need to mention Mr. Hart because, you know, he's been like a brother to me for all these years and, and, you know, probably has kept me in this field because, you know, a single ag teacher, it's really tough to do a lot of these things. And, and I've only had to do that for 13 years to be a single ag teacher. So that's important. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think that um, Mrs. Living and Mr. Livingston are, yeah, they're the, probably the, like, the future of the program. And I think they're going to do a really great job. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add, Mr. Chaucey? Um, no, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll miss the students and I'll, I'll miss the faculty. You know, I've had some really great people to work with over the years and, and I still do here in this building, but there's been people that I miss that have gone and have retired and some have passed away. So, um, but yeah, it'll be working with the kids will be something that I'll miss. But again, you come back in and sub, you can talk to the kids, you know, like, and you know, I'll, I'll throw his name out, you know, Mr. Jackson sub for. 20 years now since he's been retired and yeah. the kids, the kids enjoy seeing him because, you know, he's a different face and, and, a, and he gives a different perspective because he's been around so long. So, you know, things like that. Perfect. Thank you so much. Um, you did a wonderful job. So thank you very much for coming in and speaking with us. Well, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thank you guys. Bye. Hello. Welcome back to the pod. I'm Griffin Kernan. And today we are going to talk about the future. In this episode, we're going to explore one of three common paths graduating seniors take after high school into the great unknown. Higher education, trade slash workforce, and the armed forces. Today, we will explore the armed forces route. My next guest has been through Army basic training over the summer and plans on reporting to his unit after graduation. He's also a percussionist in the MCHS band. Please welcome friend of the pod, Hogan Searing. Hogan, please introduce yourself, buddy. Uh, hi, I'm Hogan Searing. Nice to meet you, Hogan. I mean, this is a thousandth time. So I'm going to put a disclaimer out there before we start today's episode. I usually am knowledgeable of the topics I usually interview, but today I'm not so knowledgeable about the armed forces um, or its inner workings. Hogan, if at any point you feel that I've mis- misinterpreted something or have gotten misinformed, please let me know and feel free to correct yourself. Yeah, okay, sure will. All right. The main point of this interview is to learn from your experiences, and we want to make sure your experiences are as accurately reflected as possible. So, the first question I have is: Some of us find out what we want to do with our lives at a very young age, and some of us find out don't find out until later on. Some of us know what we're going to do right when we're born, and some of us still don't know what we're going to do. So, I wanted to ask you: What made you decide to join the army? So, the thing is, is that it's just something I always wanted to do, and. Currently, I'm a National Guardsman. I feel like if I wanted to go active duty, if I enlisted right into active duty, I probably wouldn't have liked it or something. I may have not liked it. And I felt like with the National Guard, I could just, like, serve the country while staying at home, basically. Like, I'll still get deployed, still do monthly training, all that good stuff. And there's also a lot of benefits, like free college for sure and more benefits like that. So if you want to, if you want your college to be paid for, I suggest going, going into the military. Yeah, I've heard a lot of kids take that route before mainly because um, they offer um, great scholarships and great grants for the yeah. kids to go to school. It's also, it could help me out in the civilian world for sure. 
Yeah, um, I've I've seen that military um, veterans technically ha- and um, people who used to be servicemen um, have a very high job placement after they um, come back. Yeah, which is a very big benefit, especially in a world where we're seeing less and less jobs available. Mm-hmm. Um, my second question for you is: um, Now you went through basic training over the summer, like yeah, I said. Yeah, I haven't been to AIT, which basically AIT is Advanced Individual Training. It's where you learn how to do your job. I haven't been to that yet. I'm going back next summer. Yeah, and then after that, you plan to report to your unit, right? Yeah. So I want to talk about basic training. And usually in basic training, it's one of the most first and most crucial steps in becoming a service member in any of the branches of the military. And the Army is no exception to this rule. So could you tell the audience what, like, basic training entails, what the purpose of it is, and, like, what skills do you learn? Okay, so basic training, it's there to break your civilian habits, the bad civilian habits you have. It's to break you down and then build you up as a soldier. That's it. Yeah. Um, and what are some of the um, things they do to break you down while you're there? Pain and repetition. Yeah. Do you need to elaborate on that a little bit? Like what kind of pain? What kind of it? Is uh, it like mental, uh, physical, emotional? A little torture? bit of both. Like, There'll be times where we're just holding like the squat position for quite a long time. There'll be times where you're waking up in the middle of the night and then they give you corrective training because someone on fire guard screwed up or something and they break you a lot. Like they'll call you dumb sometimes if you do something stupid, they'll make you do push-ups, all that stuff. But then after... They do that, like, the first three weeks of basic training, like, where they're constantly on you. They're making you knock out push-ups to kind of break your bad habits from the civilian world. And then after that, they they still give you what's called corrective training, which that's basically where if you screw up, the whole platoon pays for it. They still do it, like, later in the weeks, but it's not as bad. Definitely not. And uh, also, how do they build you back up once they've broken you down? Like, what are some things they do? Uh, they just motivate you, and, like, they basically just teach you, like, military things. Like, weeks four through six, they taught you rifle marksmanship. They taught – it's kind of like – and they also taught you, like, um, sort of leadership for dummies, kind of, where you have, like – a platoon guide who's basically the buffer between the trainees and the drill sergeant, and then the assistant platoon guide who's kind of like the platoon guy's advisor, and they're both trainees. And usually that spot's given to a very squared-away trainee. Okay. And uh, while we're on this topic, I just want to ask you, what do you think are the single best and the single worst aspect of basic training? Single best? I had a lot of fun doing night shoots, shooting at night. I would, I would have my night vision goggles on. And I would just look at the stars. I'd be like, ooh, pretty. <laughs> <laughs> and hand grenades was a lot of fun, too. You had to uh, employ two live hand grenades in order to graduate basic training. I also thought the night infiltration course was fun. Basically, you just low crawl while they're shooting M240s 
over you, which those are medium machine guns. Okay, so that sounds like quite a bit of fun, especially if you're playing with explosives there. Yeah. So what do you think is the worst part of basic training then? Okay, what really got me was those days someone would do something stupid and then the whole company paid for it, which a company, by the way, is four platoons, and there's like 40 guys in each platoon. So that's so, a whole company. Yeah, that's Ooh. a company. So basically there will be times where someone does something stupid, like a fight happens in a platoon or – um. Someone stole peanut butter from the chow line, which you can't do that. Oh. And then we all just paid for it for, like, quite a while. Yeah, that sounds really tough, man. Like, there's, like, zero margin for error there. Yeah. Imagine that, like, the more guys, it's the higher risk. 160 guys out of all of them. If 59 is one fail, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. All right. So I know that many service members I know in life, have, in real life, have gotten – um nicknames handed to them Hogan did you get one yeah what is it 24 so story behind that was that we're doing this thing called a personal count in formation where that's basically a formation is just where a bunch of trainees stand and then someone will say um one and then two then three and then down the line now it's a 24th person and you got to scream it like you're ready to go to war and then I was just like, 24. And then after we're done, Drill Sergeant screamed at me. She, like, got in my face and screamed at me. And then she made us do it again. And then after I got up to the bay that one day, everyone just everyone just walks by me. And they're like, 24. <laughs> the way you say it reminds me of those... Um those top 15 lists on YouTube, like number 15. Bigger. I've met people who thought I was that guy. I'm not kidding. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, uh, yeah. And so you had actually you had a female drill sarge? Uh, every platoon had one female drill sergeant. Some platoons had three drill sergeants. Some of them had four. And there's one female drill sergeant in each platoon. I see that. And uh, my next question is about um, what you plan to do after you um, you graduate. So after you graduate, you said you were going to be going to your specialty training, yep. and then you're going mm -hmm. to report to your unit. Yep. What job are you actually training for? Okay, so my MOS, Military Occupational Specialty, is 11 Charlie, which is Indirect Fire Infantryman. So basically, those are infantrymen who know how to use the mortar system. Okay, so you're gonna be handling things like, um, like, like, like mortar. Is that also entail artillery, or is that a different unit entirely? That's a different MOS. Thirteen series is a thirteen series MOS is field artillery. Okay, so I see what you're talking about here, and um, since you're going to be working mortars, essentially, uh, I wanted to ask you, what are some upward aspirations you have for the future? What are some goals you want to accomplish while you're in the military? So right now I'm in the process of applying to ROTC, Reserve Officer Training Corps. And, yeah, I, I'm thinking about going the officer route while in college. And I'll probably either stay National Guard and just become, like, a full-time cop, or I'll just transfer over to active duty. Do you have your mind made up on that yet? Hmm? Do you have your mind made up on Not that? Not yet. 
Not yet. Well, you have some time to figure it out. Yeah. And um, also, how competitive is it to get into ROTC? I'm not sure. I haven't applied yet. Okay. I was just wondering because I don't know if it's something that is that requires um, a great deal of time and work with a pretty low with, with a pretty high bar that they expect you to achieve, or if it's something that you just it's kind of formality. Mm. Okay, so my last question for you now. I saved some questions out because I know that Hogan, you told me you had one or two really good stories from basic training. Okay. So school appropriate. Yeah, don't Hogan. worry, don't worry, don't worry. So there's this guy named Woody in my platoon. All the drill sergeants knew him because he wasn't an idiot. He just screwed up quite a bit, and he would ask really dumb questions sometimes. And his name was Woody. Okay, <laughs> and so. There will be times where the drill one of the drill sergeants will be like, "Hey, Woody, Andy's coming," and then they'll just make him collapse to the ground and just freeze. And they also made him write Andy on the bottom of his boots. What's Andy? Is that a certain thing? It's a Toy Story reference. Oh, duh! I should know that. Yeah, the kid who owns Woody and Buzz, his name is Andy, and they has his name written on their boots. <laughs> That's a good one. That is a good one. Do you have any others for us? So, there's this one time at mail call. Um, a guy got Twinkies in the mail. You're not supposed to get Twinkies. So, he has us start knocking out push-ups while the drill sergeant, he steps on the Twinkies, like he unpackages them, and then just steps on them and starts, like, rolling his heels on the bomb, well, on the Twinkies, and then... We did like 60 push-ups, and then after we're done, he had a dip in. He spit his dip out on the Twinkies, and he had me and a bunch of other guys start spitting on them, and then we're done. <laughs> that guy must have really hated Twinkies. <laughs> um, my last question for you is, um, is um, first of all, I don't know if you still call it getting smoked, but... Um, yeah, well, it's corrective training now but getting smoked and corrective training are the same things yeah so what was by the worst you gotten smoked okay so there's this thing you do if you're going into infantry it's called the high physical demands test the hpdt and i just got done doing that and then one of the drill sergeants heard something about me. So as we're, like, walking back to the battalion, he makes me lunge back there while in full kit, like, with my IOTV, which is improved outer tactical vest, my ACH, which is a basically your brain bucket, uh, my M4, which is, like, seven to eight pounds, and some other gear in my assault pack. And he makes me lunge back to the company training area with all that stuff on. And it was like a really hot day out. And I thought I was just going to go down and become a heat casualty, to be honest, because that sucked. And it was like a 150-yard lunge. Well, that doesn't make high school sound so bad. Yeah. After you do something like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, on behalf of myself... In the whole entire school, Hogan, we just want you to know how proud of 
you we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it takes a lot of guts to go into the military and go do that, for, especially when you're doing it with some of your juniors. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, that summer of your junior year, that's a mm-hmm. big deal, and we're really proud of you. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hogan Searing, thank you for coming on my podcast. I really appreciate your stories from um, your basic training, and I wish you luck in the future. All right. Your, thank your you, Griffin. Training. You're welcome. It's good being on here. And so there you have, folks, one more episode in the Mercer County Podcasting Club books. This is episode number five. Please join us next month for episode number six. That will be March, where we will have another student talk, another faculty interview, and then another student interview as well, and it'll be a really good time. Uh, There also might be some other podcasts throughout the way. We're going to open that up for some of the kids, so uh, that should be fun. So we'd like to thank uh, Lindsay Bigley uh, with the Soaring Eagles program for helping us out, and also uh, to thank Brendan Fluett for doing all the editing for us. Thank you very much, and have a great day.